Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. Friday, March 10th. We're back. It's National Paper Money Day. I'm joined by Alex in the studio, which is nice. The studio's back, which is good. Maybe we'll run it again on Sunday when we get Ethan for the March Madness bracket. Just an idea. But how are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm really excited that I'm back. I haven't been back in, it feels like forever. So um, had some time off last few days, so I'm actually feeling quite rejuvenated, if anyone's wondering. Oh, um, and I uh, was wondering. Yeah, 10 days off, and it's like insane. Um, so it feels good. And I thought I'd stop by the... Stopped by the studio today. Yeah. I just sent Phil text. I was like, hey, you mind if I stop by? He's like, no, not at all. So Alex did donate a nice Sacramento Kings foam finger, which yeah. is hanging up above the TV right yeah. now. It says Kings on the finger. If you could picture that, and it has the crown yes. on the palm. On so the palm. Yeah. very appreciated. I like, I like to donate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do like to donate to the studio. Benzema right. and the and the Kings foam finger. Yeah. <laughs> who who would have known? A huge collection. Owen's in a different location today as well. For the third time I've brought this up with him, he's in the church. So what brought you there today, even though I know the answer? Um, so this is usually where I do my homework. So today's a school day. So it's like a work day for me, basically. So I was here doing some work. Raw, just here doing some work, <laughs> just clocking yeah. in. And Adam's here yeah. for a brief time because for those who don't know, which I don't know why you wouldn't know this. Adam has a huge assignment tonight, big game. So this podcast is actually being recorded at 1 o'clock Mountain Time on Thursday. So tell the people what you're doing tonight. What What's going on at the Seven Chiefs Arena? Well, first of all, we call it an appointment, not an assignment. So uh, it's a big appointment. My bad, minus um, one. But yeah, it's the uh, men's futsal uh, provincial semifinals tonight. So the winners go to nationals. And uh, I'm the referee for the first game, and I'm the third official for the second game. So, wow. wait, is yeah. this the futsal nationals that you're doing? <laughs> like the? No, it's provincials, like, and the winners oh, go the to nationals. Provincials. But it's the futsal provincials, like yes. for all Alberta. Yes, like the. That's crazy. Futsal nights. <laughs> yeah. Futsal and Thursday then, nights. Yeah. Thursday night futsal. <laughs> yeah, Thursday exactly. night futsal. <laughs> TNF. So yeah, I mean, if you wanna, I mean, I guess this is getting posted after the fact, but um, if you wanna watch, it'll be on the Futsal Calgary Facebook page. Um, I'm pretty sure the the whole game will be uploaded. So well, I'm but planning to drop get this, this right part. after, so some people Sorry. might get it. I'm saying I'm planning to drop this as soon as it's done. So True. so then you can, if you are a early listener, you can tune in on the live stream and you can watch mm. me in action. So wow. I will be watching. Trust me. Can I drop the interesting personal corner? Yeah. Yes. I'm going to a concert tonight. Really? Wow. Yeah. Who's performing? It's a band called Always. Nice. Yes. That's an interesting one. What do they sing? Yeah. What's their most famous song? Would I know it? Uh, maybe. Probably not. It's called their most famous song is called Archie Marry Me. I haven't heard that one. Yeah. Maybe it'll. But I'm sure on. it's good. Yeah, but I'm pretty hyped. They're one of my favorite bands, and I got tickets back in December. Wow! So I'm pretty you know, excited. I've never been to a, a concert, and I remember asking you to oh, to, Adam uh, show. to bring me to one. <laughs> Adam's never been. You to want a the concert? ticket? I can tell my girlfriend to to 
no, but I mean, next want. time, next time there's like an interesting concert that you want to go to, you should hit me up. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Okay. Me too. I will do that. Group outing. Group outing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Adam says he's never been to a concert before, but I seem to remember him going to Marshmallow one time. That's what I was I going to say. Like, you've you been to Stampede. Like, Stampede tent to concert, then sure. Then, yeah, I guess that was my first concert. I mean, I think that's like a, I don't know, that's like a festival or like. Well, they perform, really they do concerts at the festival. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then, yeah. I've been to that. What's the uh, Thursday night futsal halftime show looking at? Like, did we bring an act in for that? Yeah. Well, or... I think I don't think so. It's just the semifinal, right? Oh. So right, maybe just the final will have one. Wow. Yeah. I was hoping like some classic Albertan performer like Brett Kissel, just yeah. like somebody well, who did everything. Also, big news email that I got right before the pod at twelve thirty-five. Job interview. To go to no. Oh, <laughs> that's what I was hoping for too. <laughs> Uh, going to BC next weekend to do uh, an, more futsal provincial games for BC. Winner goes nice. to Nashville. Really? So. BC yep. flight? Wow. BC so they're flying flight. you out. When's that happening? They're flying me out, paying for my food, paying for my hotel. Congratulations. That's a big assignment per or appointment. Also next weekend, I'm covering the Roughnecks. I got a press pass. So wow. I don't know. Wow. I don't know anything wow. about lacrosse, but I'm doing that. <laughs> I know one of the uh, cheerleaders. Oh. She went to school with us. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. What's your name? Nice. Last name? I don't want to dox her. <laughs> That's a cut, but it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Raw. Well, big things going on next weekend, nevertheless. So that's exciting. BC in the next. You love to see it. Hopefully you guys can keep up and come with something. And I should say on Sunday, we're reviewing that movie, which name I don't remember ever so it's so long it's such a long name yeah but we are reviewing that you can go back in the description and find the notes for that alex you did see it i did see it he doesn't want to tip his hand and say if he liked it or not he wants to he wants to let us decide for ourselves are you saving the uh letterbox oh yeah i'm not yeah i'm saving the letterbox too so nothing will be coming out on letterbox until after we review the movie that means it was either really good or really bad yeah he just doesn't want to say it exactly so i'm going in i'm gonna watch tonight i'm gonna watch after the oilers tonight and uh i'll let you know how it is i'll I'll give you my feedback and then we'll talk about that on sunday tomorrow night also on sunday selection sunday we're going to be joined by ethan i haven't confirmed that with him but i'm just penciling it in as a fact so hopefully we can do that and that'll be good talk about some college hoops which is getting close no i just saw that the jets released braxton Berrios. so oh no that's been news yeah devastating tough news zach's boy out you hate to see that dude um we could talk about football though there's a lot to talk about with football and i guess owen we'll lead with you because there's a bunch of quarterback stuff you could take this the car angle lamar Geno Smith, Danny Dimes, Aaron Rodgers, any way you want to take it. What quarterback story is most interesting to you? What are your thoughts on it? I mean, I think the most interesting to me has to be the Lamar Jackson because the idea that there's like this collusion really interests me, that there's this like idea that owners are banding together to say, you know what, the Deshaun Watson contract was ridiculous and we're not going to give these like massive uh, guaranteed contracts to players anymore. 
And so the, the idea that that's happening is kind of interesting. And just the idea in general that like Lamar Jackson, who was an MVP unanimously like three years ago, has little like basically no interest. And I wonder it makes me wonder like what I think would have happened if he had had an agent, because yeah. this makes me makes me think that whatever he was demanding, I know people are saying he wanted a fully guaranteed contract, that that's just like r- r- like ridiculous. Like there's no market for that. Well, it seems like nobody could use an agent more than this guy, really. What he needs is someone to have connections around the league and canvas opportunities for him and try to disclose that. Now, he is the guy who's in need of agents, uh, an agent the most, and he doesn't have one, which I think is kind of what's happened to him. But I also understand it from his perspective where it's like, I've done more than Deshaun Watson on the field. I won an MVP. I've also not been a, a despicable person off the field. So if he makes that, I should make that. But I think that that's just an unrealistic opportunity for him. And I also understand what the Ravens are doing by being like, okay, like you want fully guaranteed. We've tried to negotiate with you for like, what, two Two years? years. Yeah. You want that contract. We've offered you a bunch of ones that we think are fair. Go find it if it's out there for you. But he can't do that because he doesn't have an agent and nobody to check in on these other teams. So I don't think it's so much collusion as much as it is he doesn't have people opening doors for him. Like, I think it's somewhat of his own wrongdoing. And I could be wrong because there's a chance it is that. Well, well, I think what Schefter also said is like the Ravens and Lamar kind of at this point, just like kind of what you said, they're just going to use the rest of the league as a third party to be like, okay, well, you know, we think you're here. You think you're here. Let's see what where mm-hmm. the rest of the league thinks you're at um, in terms of your contract value. So, um, but yeah, it was really weird. As soon as that <clears throat> stuff came out that he got the non-exclusive franchise tag, a bunch of teams that, you know, thought we thought would be interested just came out kind of and had their like main reporters say they won't be pursuing Lamar. They won't be pursuing Lamar. Like a, like eight teams yeah. basically came out and said we won't like the Falcons won't be pursuing Lamar, which is like we were all kind of penciling in the Falcons almost. And as they, a team. they retweeted that from their main Twitter account. Did you see uh, yeah. that? I also the other thing I read was that the as other teams view it as like we don't want to do all the work for you. Like we, yeah. we don't want to yeah. like negotiate, hammer out this contract with him just to have you match it because he's in yeah, your plans true. in some way. Like yeah. that's a waste of our time and mm-hmm. our resources. But it does make me wonder, like it, if one team was interested, I saw his odds to go somewhere. The number one odds were actually Detroit Lions. They were the most bet team <laughs> of what his next one would be. And I did forward that to Tony and he said, yup, no surprise. So he's ready for Lamar to go there. But it does make me wonder if a team like Houston or someone or Los vegas who has a high draft pick is just like hey why don't we just take his rights from you for this seventh pick or second pick or whatever it is because i mean at that i would just rather bet on him and pay him than draft a quarterback high even though there's a lot of good quarterbacks this year i still oh yeah i feel like sure thing yeah i feel like he's a sure thing i'm sure you feel that way as a raider fan 100 percent. i'd um you know the draft's the draft like you know how many times we've we've been uh convinced that you know, a quarter, a certain quarterback or someone's just like the next big thing. And, and not, not only that, they can become that next big thing, but like, if you're trying to win now, it might take four or five years before they actually start making an impact. So I, I do like that idea actually, where you could just trade a pick and then you just get his, his, his rights completely. And then you don't have to be wor- worried about doing all the work and hammering out the contracts and then the, uh, and then the Ravens matching it. So, um, I think I think that would probably be a better better option for teams to. And then again, like without the agent, like how do you even like? What if Lamar just doesn't want to go to Detroit or Vegas? Like, yeah, that. I feel like kind of with the agent, you could figure that out and feel that out where where he's interested in going. Um, so I don't know. He's kind of doing himself a disservice. So.
Yeah. I don't know. You think there's any collusion there, Adam? You've been quiet on this one. Let's get your take. You're a Lamar guy somewhat. No, I'm not really a big uh, like conspiracy <laughs> collusion type of guy. So I'm kind of in your boat as well that it's just like, okay, we're going to you know let the rest of the teams be our negotiators. So, I mean, it, it is what it is, but I just think it's going to end up with him staying there, unfortunately. Unfortunately, you want to see him go somewhere, somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, I, w- I would love to see him repping the Lions. Like that would be that would be probably ideal for me. I would love to see him in a Lions kit. Really, the Lions yeah. have exci- exciting stuff going on. I saw they hired John Fox as an assistant head coach, which I, I love John Fox. Yeah, he's sixty-eight years old, and Dan Campbell said he's bringing the juice. So that's an exciting stuff for them. Also, can I just say it'd be in the best interest of Lamar to go to the NFC? Just because there's like no quarterbacks in the NFC, just like Derek Carr. Yeah, so um, it, it'd probably be a good idea for him to go there. Mm-hmm. AFC's yeah. looking a little stacked. This whole Lamar thing is kind of bringing up the uh, like how much quarterbacks are getting paid nowadays, and the Danny Dimes. And all I all I really have to say on this topic is, is like the Dak Prescott contract doesn't look as bad anymore. Like I'm pretty happy with this contract. Wow. Let's you go. might be wow. getting paid a ton, but like with with how much Danny Dimes and Derek Carr and this and every QB is getting more and more. Like now, he looks like he's in the right spot. That you know what this reminds me of. This was kind of like remember when Mike Conley signed the biggest contract in NBA history. Yeah, and everyone was like, oh, it's and he's like, chill. Like next year, I'm gonna be like the 20th highest paid player. Like just relax. So yeah, it, it does kind of it does kind of help uh, help Dak's case. Well, the one that I, I mean, you could say Dak. The one to me is Mahomes. Like Mahomes signed 10 years, 500 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we were like, whoa, like that's crazy. At this point, that seems like a bargain deal. Like if they were to do it again, it would be way higher, (laughs) which is crazy. But if that's the way it's going, I mean. Mahomes is one of the guys where there's no, like there's no amount of money you can pay him that wouldn't be a bargain. That's true. It's like, yeah, any best player in the league, I guess, could make that argument. Like you could say LeBron is at one time was worth 80, not anymore, or McDavid's worth 20 or whatever it is. Like, I guess that is right. But I I wonder, I mean, at the same thing, at the same time, like I also see where Lamar is coming from because like Adam said, like Danny Dimes threw 15 touchdowns last year and makes $40 million a year. And Lamar Jack's like, I want MVP. I've done all this stuff. I should be making way more than that. I just, I don't really think... He needs someone to be able to explain to him the, like the the numbers and guarantees and how this works because the Danny Dimes deal, if you want to talk about that, I actually didn't like it at first when I read the breakdown of it where it's basically like, oh, the Giants can just cut him for, for nothing after two years. Okay. I kind of like it for that reason. Like they're getting a two-year look at him. If you draft somebody to come in behind him, you just hold him and then you get rid of him for basically nothing. I still wouldn't have done it, but at least it's it's defensible in that way to me. I just feel like if you have a coach like Dayball, he'll be able to turn, you know, whoever, Anthony Brown or whatever the quarterback, like the worst quarterback you could think of into six or seven wins. And especially in the NFC, I feel like his he's good enough to do that. So I didn't see the need to overpay for a guy who's in, I don't know, is he in the Kirk tier? I do like Danny Dimes, but I don't know that he's up. With up with Kirk Cousins is a wild thing to say, but up with Kirk Cousins, we'll say that. Where were you out on it, Owen? Uh, I thought it was an overpay, and I still think it's an overpay. Uh, I get what you're saying. I saw that too, where it's basically a really expensive two year deal. But I think you have to put that in the context of like their offense. Like he was throwing passes to like Hodgins, and he's is he getting paid like like over a million? Like, do we even know? He's on league men. 
Yeah, like he, uh, their offense, I think, is pretty poor outside of Danny Dimes and Saquon Barkley. So I was talking to Phil about this. Like, what I would have done is I would have tagged Daniel Jones because this is, I mean, he's had one year with Dable, so we don't know if this is him or this is Dable or what. Um, and I would have either let Barkley walk potentially or just try and hammer something out with him because I think there's so many more needs that you have as even just an offense uh, aside from quarterback. Uh, yeah. So I get that the, the years thing that that is good. Like you, you wouldn't want to sign him to like four years fully guaranteed or whatever, but um, I still think you're ne- you're handcuffed for the next two years. So I wouldn't have done it. I guess I understand what you're saying, but I like they had, I think they had a pretty successful season, so they couldn't, you can't just really move off Saquon, move off, Daniel Jones, maybe, yeah, they could have franchise tagged him, but, you know, what if he kind of, there was the odd chance he outplayed that, and then it's like, well, this is what I'm worth now. It's like, I think the two years is fine. Um, You can even afford to, I don't know, have him sit on the bench a year, and there's a bunch of quarterbacks that have been making an insane amount of money and not playing. So um, I think you afford yourself these, like, two years to, you know, still be a pretty decent team. I was impressed with the Giants last year. I picked them over because I liked Dayball and I liked their infrastructure and they won a playoff game and they had a really good season. And again, I thought Dimes, like those little rollout plays that he did, I mean, he's more athletic than people give him credit for. I have like 15 touchdowns is an easy way to like knock on the guy. But at the same time, like he was better than that. I think everybody can admit that he was still pretty good with limited weapons, like Owen said. But also this just doesn't feel like that inventive to me. Like I thought the Giants would be able to be a little more creative with the staff that they have to be like okay we're in new york or we have a competent coach like let's get a little creative with how we build out our offense here like we don't need to lock ourselves into the same season we just had mm. and i like barkley and i think he's really good and he's probably a culture guy there he's from new york but i'm still of the opinion you just don't need to pay a running back that much money and i know he's a special player when he's on the field but He's never really shown beyond a couple seasons that he could stay on the field. And I guess, Adam, as a Cowboys fan, like when you get this news that the Giants are bringing back Danny Dimes and they're bringing back Saquon and the best receiver on the market is Jacoby Myers, like how does that make you feel as a Cowboys fan? You're playing them twice a year. I bet you're probably happier that they did that than tried something new. Yeah, I'm pretty happy because, I mean, as a Cowboys fan, we didn't really struggle much playing against the Giants. Humble um, brag. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the one of our better uh, matchups. But I don't think the contract is uh, very bad. I think the fact that they can get out of it after two years kind of like uses up all his running and, you know, they can run him into the ground and then get rid of him after two years. So I, I think they made a good move, but I'm pretty happy with it. So. A happy Adam. I'm sure he was even happier when he saw Stefan Diggs unfollowed the Bills and followed the Cowboys on Instagram, <laughs> courtesy of Cookie, who forwarded that to me before the show started. Which, yeah, that's I like your really, dream. Um, I think as a show, we, well, I don't know if we agreed as a show. I think multiple people on the show said we don't want to talk about the follow, unfollow anymore. So I think that was I'm an Alex joined. original. Yeah. 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 I'm kind of second Alex it. in that. Yeah. I yeah. heard it. So. Ever since the Kyler Murray debacle, which I think we did like 20 minutes about, I think uh, I think it's good to say that we're past on the follow and follow scandal. So I just had to throw that in there to give you a little extra wob at happiness, but we can keep going down the line. Alex's boy Derek Carr has moved on. That's what I would say is probably the next big story, which I, I'll be honest, the, the, the uh, Derek Carr 
Kamara, who who knows if he's like jail or or what's next with him. Derek Carr, Kamara, Michael Thomas, who just he tweeted, "Thank you, Jesus." But like, first of all, are you going to be on the Saints? Second of all, if you are, like, are you going to play more than three games? Olave's good. We'll give him some credit there. And then Taysom Hill is like now once again down the baddest because he might have to move to strong safety to finish up the uh, contract. But I don't really understand. Like from the Saints' perspective, like they want to be like they want to try to be good. I don't know that Derek Carr guarantees you like being good for one. Second of all, minus twenty one million cap space and just Ooh. slapping in a hundred million guaranteed for Derek Carr. I don't really see how that's like a, a solid move. I like Derek Carr, but I don't really think this. I think this has a chance to not work out very well. That would be my opinion. I don't like it as much as I think most people do. So I completely agree. Um, first thing I thought when when he signed the contract was mediocre player for a mediocre franchise. So um, yeah. pretty banger, pretty uh, pretty whatever, um, and that's a <laughs> lot of money for a mediocre player. Um, these these quarterback contracts are kind of crazy. Like, I mean, ra- rarely at this point are we saying like that's a steal yeah. for a quarterback. Usually, it's just like most of the time a insane overpay. Um, Hundred million guaranteed is nuts. And I don't know. I like. I don't know what um, you know made them wanna like. He he never really did anything with with the Raiders. Um, like you said, Chris Olave is a nice piece. Camara, Camara. I'm at the point with Camara where I'm just waiting for him to kind of go like um, start like, declining. Oh, just, okay. Like I thought you were I, gonna I go like another he's direction. Played, he's played so so many like seasons now, and like I feel like just the his usage rate has got to be insane. Um, and then, like you said, with Michael Thomas, I like in general, I feel like the Saints like franchise, like there's a lot of like AB personalities in there and AB and Derek Carr didn't really work out very well. I mean, they didn't work out at all. They lasted like three days at practice, but he went to his house that one time and he went to his house that one time. Shout out. I love that video. Um, so yeah, I don't really like it. Like the coach, like Dennis Allen didn't really do, wasn't very impressive last year. So, um, I just kind of feel like the Saints are going to be like, uh, what is it like a seven, seven and eight, seven and nine team, um, and and not not do too much. So yeah, and if you look at the stats, I mean, I'm I don't want to be this guy, but Dalton had a better record, better touchdown interception ratio, and better completion percentage. So like, and I'm not saying Dalton's better. Yeah, I'm just no, saying no, like no. this isn't that much of an upgrade over what they had in the first. Also, place. can I see like I don't know how much Derek Carr would even appreciate them involving Taysom Hill. Like I don't know if he's about <laughs> that. Like. <laughs> Taysom Hill They're is both like, religious guys. Well, okay, <laughs> I do, okay, well. I do. That is a plus. <laughs> that is a plus. But I don't know if Derek Carr is about like you know Taysom Hill coming in and taking like ten snaps a game. Like, yeah. <laughs> if anything, I feel like he's gonna make Derek Carr worse. I think he would. He does seem like the type to just be shot by that. He's like, what? Like it's second and one. I and can I'm, do that. Yeah. So like no, you can't. <laughs> I I do. I as a show, I think we need to stop caring about Taysom Hill's feelings. That would be my take. Or as, or the Saints should look to do that. But Owen, you were kind of hoping he joined the Jets. Um, I I bet you're kind of happy. And I honestly think credit to Derek Carr for one thing is I think he looked at it and he was like genuinely was like I don't think I could handle the New York like media so I'm going to go to the Saints because otherwise I don't see why he would have joined the Saints like I think he thought NFC and New York media like I I couldn't handle that so uh, respect to him for that but where are you at on this I mean yeah I agree with you guys I like I would have liked to have him on the Jets yes but that's I think a different situation like to me this the Saints are primed for a tear down rebuild. 
Like, I think that's what they need. They're way over the cap. Um, their players, their core is like getting pretty old. Like Cam Jordan is like probably 80 years old by now. Like they're old um, and they don't really have a quarterback. So I think the best path forward would be to move off some of their older guys like this, like, like Cam Jordan, for example, and uh, maybe try and get rid of Taysom Hill and then just build around like Olave and maybe draft a quarterback and some young, they got some young pieces on the line um, and then try and be competitive that way. Because this to me screams like Rams post Super Bowl, where it's like, yeah, you have some pieces, but they're getting older and you're way over the cap, but you're trying to keep it together. Um, not that they're even like close to that level, but it's the same type of thing where you're just trying to hold on for dear life and it, it doesn't really work. Like I think there's like a natural si- like sar- cycle with teams and some teams will try and skirt that and I don't think it usually works out well. Yeah. I also, I just don't understand at this point what, like if a team so publicly like the Raiders were just like, you know what, like we're just better off without you. Like, please go home. I just don't understand why teams are lining up to get him after something like that. Like, I think a team with that many years with a guy is just like, all right, like we need to completely rid ourselves of you. Like, I think that that's a huge red flag. And the Saints are like, like you said, like at one time, Sean Payton, that's like an infrastructure, you know? Like that's like a team that wins. But they aren't, they, they seem lost. Yeah, they aren't that anymore. They're trying to like cling to that, but it, we weren't really impressed. They don't have their them. first round pick this year. That ended up in the Oof. to the Eagles, which we still don't know how, how that happened. Yeah, that was just a mystery. That's still a random. We don't know. Oh, was that a CJ Gardner Johnson? But I feel uh, like he wouldn't have been traded for a first rounder. Like I, yeah, like that's I don't the only know. player I can think of that was like yeah, and Eagles on both. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. It just feels like a last-ditch kind of effort where they're like, let's get some juice out of, you know, Cam Jordan and and Michael Thomas if he's there and Kamara and, like, let's get, let's get Carr to, like, lift these guys. But I, And I'll be the first one to say Carr hasn't had the most talented rosters on the Raiders, but, like, he did have Devontae Adams for an entire season and, like, didn't throw to him half the time. Like, yeah. I just, I well, don't know what Michael Thomas and Chris Collins. Collins. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't know. It's weird. And also, I want to say, um, I mean, Derek Carr, he had success with some better coaches, but I think probably one of the worst coaches he's had is Josh McDaniels, and he had one of his worst seasons. Uh, I think Dennis Allen, I mean, we've talked about it before, but he has proven about as much in the NFL as I have. So yeah. I don't really think that's going to be a big difference maker. Well, well actually, they, they co- he was his coach in 2014. That's what I was going to say. I think say. was it quarter? Oh, I didn't even know that. Offensive coordinator? Quarterback's no, coach? head coach. Head coach. Oh, yeah, head coach. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So They've actually teamed up before, and there's a reason you don't remember that, but they're doing it again. They're yeah. linking back okay. up. 2014 Raiders are back. Revenge tour. <laughs> that was the team that, remember they played the Chiefs, and they got a huge sack, and the Chiefs were like no huddle trying to like tie the game. And Justin Tuck and Khalil Mack started dancing, like where the sack was, and then they just got an offside. That was like an all-time <laughs> end to the uh, end to the game. I remember that one well, Adam. I think you got one take left, so make it about Derek Carr, and, and let's let's get it going, dude. Let's hit a grand slam on your walk-off here. Um, I mean, my only take about the Saints is, um, I mean, the classic like this happens every single year, like you know the salary cap. I don't understand it, and I never am going to understand it, and I kind of don't want to understand it. I think it's better this way to just yeah. every year see the Instagram post, like, 120 million over the cap. How are they going <laughs> to? And then they're just playing the next season, and everyone's still there. So, I mean, respect to those guys. Whoever's running the books, respect to you. Yeah. Well, they've cut players before, <laughs> like Jared Cook. 
Yeah. Oh, so it's a massive deal. That saved them the 87 million they were over last year. They let go of Davenport, then, dude, and they're fixed. Don't worry. And then now they just pushed the Michael Thomas money back, so they're going to pay him $300 million <laughs> next year. <laughs> I bet Michael Thomas loves that, dude. He's like, oh, yeah. like next year, though, like that's like this year I'll make like minimum wage. Next year, I'm Next year, I'm 60% of the cap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I got. And, uh, I'll be looking forward to hearing you guys talk about uh, Fred Van Vliet. Oh, but I gotta go. All right. Well, good luck this evening, dude. Go, go get it done at the futsal TNF. All right. See ya. See ya. Um, the other thing I had to mention about Derek Carr is the Saints and the Raiders actually squared off last year. I don't know if, if you remember this, Alex. And Derek Carr passed for an electric 15 of 16 for 101 yards and no touchdowns. So anytime you have a performance like that, that's enough to really, really yeah. pick it up. He, he lost 24 to nothing that day. So why wouldn't you want to secure him? I, I don't I, Once again, I'd love to know the, the Saints thought process behind that where they're like, Look, at least our defense is good. It's yeah. like, you know, so, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 an odd move. I also, I want to say I don't like, like on one hand, I get it. Like he's the best quarterback in the division. On the other hand, it's March 7th. So like there's yeah. a lot of time left. It doesn't mean that Matt Coral, Desmond Ritter, and Kyle Trask are going to be the other three starting quarterbacks yeah. in that division. Some of those teams actually have, two of those teams actually have picks in the top 10. So they'll just draft a quarterback. Yeah. That's how that works usually. Yeah. So I'm not buying this Saints to win the division stuff, but hey. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. Um, I'm, and then just last thing, I'm not a fan of the like delaying the rebuild, which is 100% what they just did. Yeah. They just delayed yeah. the inevitable. So Yeah, enjoy that. Speaking of delaying the rebuild, maybe not. It came out this morning that the that the Rams, sorry, are shopping Matthew Stafford. Apparently, offering him around to lots of different teams, taking calls. Now, this is a team that did cut Bobby Wagner two weeks ago. I don't think we talked about that because you know we usually anytime we talk about him, it involves the Madden rating. Yeah. So I don't think we had that discussion because otherwise I would have remembered it. But they did cut him. They're going to trade Jalen Ramsey seemingly in the next couple of days. I did like the report that they're shopping Allen Robinson. Like teams are lining up to get their hands on that mm. pure winner. Um, I don't think that's going to be uh, happening for them, but they are looking to get rid of him. I actually like this pivot for them where it's like, okay, like let's get, let's get off these guys while they mm-hmm. still might have some value and let's try to rebuild this thing back up. They won their Super Bowl. They're playing with house money now. McVay's staying around. He signed that extension. I actually like the move. And we saw last year, like, they had the worst roster in the league, but when they got Baker in there, they were, like, kind of treading water. Like, mm-hmm. they were two and three or whatever with him. It doesn't take that much for McVay to coach a pretty good team. So I like this move for them. If they can recoup some picks and get some guys back, I actually think this makes sense. But I don't know who's going to be in the Matt Stafford market anymore. I just don't know that yeah. he could stay healthy for 10 games a year even. He just hasn't had a track record of doing that. I, I don't know. Like, we've seen team surprises. So I, I, I think there, there, there will be, a you know, an odd team that, like, I don't know, like the Titans or something. If the Raiders. Move, move off the Tannehill. Yeah, maybe even the Raiders or, you know, I don't know. Like, if the Packers move off, they're like, yeah, we can yeah. we can make Stafford work. Um, so I don't know. But he did look so, so bad uh, last year. And just, like, with the injuries and everything, he looks... Um, I don't know. It'll be impressive if he comes back and, and plays 50% of, of where he was at when he won the Super Bowl. So, um, but I agree with you. Like I, I love, I, I like the direction the Rams are, are going heading towards. Um, it is weird that like McVay was all like, no, no, like I'm not going to be here for a rebuild this, that. And then I guess they offered him enough money to, to, you know, work through a rebuild. Um, but yeah, I, I trust him. Like 
get some picks, um, rejuvenate the team, get all the older guys off with that have lots of a lot of money, um, get them off the team, and um, and just kind of start fresh. So I, I kind of like that idea for the for the Rams. So I feel like the guy they could get the most for is Cup. Still, I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know where he like. I don't know if they'd be willing to get rid of him. He is that good. Your team's just better with him than without I him. Agree. But he has a track record of staying healthy. And Baker's staying? Is is that right? Or maybe. He's a free agent, right? Yeah. I think they I think they said they might be interested in bringing him back. I think yeah. I think I read that somewhere. So and that I think it's a good situation. Why Slow not? pressure. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have fans. So like I agree. And he's got a good coach and it's a great place to live. I don't see why quarterbacks wouldn't want to go there good facilities yeah. everything there's no reason not to but where are you out on this direction or i'm sure you're a fan yeah i'm a big fan i think uh this is i guess maybe a year overdue but i think it's what needed to happen it's just inevitable so it's good that they're biting the bullet now rather than wasting more years yeah it is interesting that i mean we were all like oh mcveigh i was thinking he was going to retire for the longest time when they started badly but i wonder if like those last couple games kind of like rejuvenated his interest in coaching with a young team maybe like maybe those games with mayfield were enough to get him to say like okay like i could stick it out through rebuild because with a guy like mcveigh it's not really a rebuild like your team's still going to be pretty relevant you're not you're not going to have like a tire fire cardinal season Mm -hmm. where you're down at you know can't win a game at home Mm -hmm. so I, I like it for them. I think it makes lots of sense. Um, only a few more NFL things. The Geno Smith contract, I don't have much to say on that one. I like it. I think it makes sense for Seattle. I think it makes sense for him. Lots of money. They could still draft a quarterback high in the draft, which I think I would still do if I were them. I would still draft a quarterback, but where are you at home? Would you draft one, not draft one? Um, <clears throat> You know what? I think I probably, I guess it depends on how they view, like how they value the quarterbacks in this draft, but I would. Um, I think Geno Smith is actually quite good but he's also 33 so he's clearly like not probably the long-term solution for your team because i mean they're still rebuilding in general like on offense and defense so by the time you're like in a position to really contend he's he might be like 35 even 36 and then it gets dicey so i would uh if, if you have somebody that you really like that's available i would definitely take them um, because he's probably somebody that has as much experience as anybody else in the nfl to learn from yeah, and I think he's made, like, this contract's enough for him to say, like, okay, like, I could back a guy up. Like, I like playing here. Yeah. I make lots of money to be here. And it's, a, like, a once-in-a-franchise opportunity to be this relevant and have the fifth pick in the draft where you 100%. could still take a quarterback. 100%. So I'd be supporting that. He doesn't strike me as, like, an ego guy. So I, I agree with Owen. I feel like he, he could, you know, work out, like, the a for, for year or two there and then towards the back end, um kind of kind of back a guy up so um they do really have to do their research though not only on this class but the next few classes to see if like what do we like like do you think we can wait it out because they're not going to get a high a high draft pick again like this like mm-hmm. this is the highest draft pick they'll get just because i think geno smith is like he won't you know run them into the ground and into the lottery i think i think they'll pre- pre- be a pretty competitive team they have a pretty competitive roster you know Pete carroll's we've seen a great coach um from last year so um i if they do value the quarterbacks here, pro- probably take one, but just because you have once again such a high draft pick, and then you can um, kind of address the other needs like like O line and, and all that other stuff through the later rounds. They also have like a, a pretty decent mid mid pick, I guess. Yeah, maybe 
think they late teens, twenties. Yeah. So they can get another good, good solid pick to address another need. So, um, but if you do want to get a guy, get get him now. I'd say because you're not going to get a high draft pick again like this. Well, they got a second from Denver too, so that's what like four in the top like fifty five yeah. or something like that. That's yeah. I mean, and to go on top of young guys that they already have, like mm-hmm. they have a chance to still be really, really good. So I don't see why it has to be like. Oh, we need guys to put around him. Like you have three other picks to put exactly. around Geno Smith that are pretty high picks. So I think it's a no-brainer. I kind of love where Seattle's going, honestly. Yeah, like just having this top lottery pick right here is great for the direction of the franchise. And that was a team at five and a half wins last year in the over/under that I think all of us had under, except mm-hmm. for maybe one guy. Like I to have the turnaround they've had in less than a year is pretty spectacular. Yeah. So all the credit goes to them for doing that. Only, well. Let's do Aaron Rodgers last. I, I want to save that one. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry, apparently available. This is a guy who I, I know I just said I wouldn't pay Barkley. But this is a guy who defies the logic of running backs, in my opinion. And if I'm, I don't know what team wouldn't be interested if he's actually available. Like if I'm Cincinnati, I'm Buffalo, I'm Kansas City, I'm Philadelphia, I'm oh. San Francisco. I don't even, like even a team with McCaffrey, like San Francisco. I'm lining up yeah. to get Henry. If I'm Buffalo, if I'm Dallas, I don't care who it is. Every team should be interested in him. And that's a rare, rare thing to say about a running back without much tread on the tires. But I know he might be slowing down and it is a little concerning that Tennessee wants to get rid of him. But man, I would just be lining up to get him. That's my take. I I, I agree with you. Um, I, I know I've, I, I wouldn't say I've been a Henry hater, but I've been kind of just expecting his downfall for the last few um, for the last few seasons, so um, I'm gonna stop doing that. Hopefully, he doesn't have a, a regression this year. But he's just he's just so good, and it's like it's kind of like like with LeBron, everyone's like, oh, when, like when's he gonna be bad? Or like Duncan, and like yeah. those sorts of people. Like, there's just some players that are just good forever. So um, even if they get him at 60, 70 percent of where he was before, I, it's still a great value um, and an incredible player to add to your team. So. Um, I'd love and I'd love to see him on a, on a more competitive team, like you said, maybe a San Francisco. Um, they could totally make it work with with McCaffrey or or a Buffalo. Buffalo's been needing been needing a running back. The fact that they ignore the running game is just baffling to me. Well, you put Henry and Allen together in a backfield, especially if they get home field playoff games. That's enough to. I mean, you don't even need an an, an extra lineman at that point. Yeah, well, one guy can just block for the other. Yeah, <laughs> like Allen can block for Henry. Henry can block for Allen. It's it's unbelievable. So, um, I, I definitely am a fan of it. He'd be, yeah, he'd be top what three or four guys you'd want to see win a ring. He'd be oh, that high yeah, for me for sure. He's earned that. Isn't he kind of just like like the second coming of AP? Like, I think he, I think if he goes for another like two three years, he's just like he's just had like really long track record now. He would. He's be, been really good for a really long time. Would he be? Oh, and he'd be the best running back you ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I saw the tail end of Adrian Peterson. Like, I did see his MVP season. So, but I was pretty young. So, he'd probably, it'd probably be Derrick Henry. Yeah. Like, he's definitely the best I've seen in the last like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And even if, years. even if a team traded for him, like, and he's not that guy anymore, I still like, I wouldn't hate the trade. Like, it's a, Derrick Henry. Yeah. You're going to sell jerseys. Like, yeah. worst thing, like, it's Derrick Henry. He's on the sideline. Like, I just don't see unless he's completely injured. Like I, I don't see how him just being on the sideline and involving him in plays is is a bad thing. At yeah, all. and I guess the thing with Tennessee would be like, well, I think Vrabel's good enough to get wins out of whoever he has. Yeah, but 
they would be literally the most uninteresting team imaginable if they didn't have Henry. So I also would hate it if I was a fan of their team. But they need to move on, though. Like, they need yeah. to move on, and I'd love to see Vrabel kind of um, be, like, just move on from the Tannehill-Henry era and then just kind of, like, do your own thing, tr- get your own guys. Um, I think the defense is somewhat solid. Like, the offense would be abysmal. But, you know, kind of start a new era and see and see where you can go. Yeah, I mean, to me, it makes sense for the Titans. Like, we talked a lot about rebuilds. They're a team that is overdue for a rebuild. Like, in my eyes, they are a bottom, like, three, bottom two roster in the NFL. Like, and you take Derrick Henry out, it might be bottom one. Yeah. Um, so they're really bad, um, and he's expensive. Like, he's the second highest paid running back, I think, behind uh, Zeke in the entire league. So he gets paid a lot, and he's up there in age, so he's not going to be in your long-term plans anyway. Um, but with that being said, for like somebody like a contender, like especially Buffalo, that's tried to draft like three different running backs, like they draft a running back every year that fails. Uh, he's a good option because, I mean, he's two years older than Christian McCaffrey with a lot uh, like a much better injury history. Like he doesn't I mean, yeah. he had the one like kind of freak injury where he was out for a year. But outside of that, he never gets hurt. Um, and we saw how well McCaffrey worked out, even though people like maybe myself included even kind of criticized the deal. Um, so I think he's he's a like somebody you if you're any type of contender you seriously take a look at at him because he could uh, he can be the difference between winning a playoff game or not. So oh yeah, I I I just don't know who would like I could literally name every team in the league would be interested like even the ones at the bottom like why wouldn't Arizona want him why wouldn't mm-hmm. Houston want him why wouldn't Indianapolis want him like yeah. I think every team would line up to get him. And now we can do the Aaron Rodgers talk, which I've been saving intentionally for the end of the football because it it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Everybody knows it's going to happen because this is the last option, I think, for both sides. Um, he's obviously going to be a Jet. Favre turned 39, went to the Jets. Rodgers turns 39, goes to the Jets. It's an interesting story from lots of different angles. But, Owen, we got to start with you because you are the Jets fan I'm sure you've had your Rogers opinions over the years. I've heard them, but how hard have you spun around to make this happen? Are you excited? Where are you at? Yeah, I want. I like. There's. I want Aaron Rodgers. Like, I want nothing else. Like, I would like kill to have him on my team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I think our team's really good. Like, we got a really good defense. We've got good weapons, even though Braxton Barrios is gone. So, like, Aaron Rodgers is the missing puzzle piece. That's what it is. Yeah, all his playoff success is going to come into the winning winning factory that is the New York Jets and turn them into the Super Bowl champion. I'll believe it when I yes. see it. Um, even if you're like like Colin Cowherd said, what, what if you had to give up Sauce Gardner in the deal? Then then <laughs> then are you still down? That was probably the worst take of all time by Colin. But hey, I um. It's easy for me to say, but I don't think I would want to get into business with a 39-year-old Rodgers. I think, uh, I don't know. I, I could see one way where he's a, he's a guy who, like, he's obviously very prideful. He's obviously a very uh, driven person. I could see, like, a team giving up on him and being like, please leave, being a really good thing for him. I could see that. But I think you combine his history with the Jets' history. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't, yeah. It doesn't but, make me well, confident. It's almost like they... But like they cancel each other out. So what if they just, it's good. I think it's like two negatives. You know what I mean? I don't think it works like that though. (laughs) I think it usually goes the other way. But, and he's managed to make such a media circus in literally like the smallest city. I'm not saying it's the smallest market, but the smallest city in America and him going from Green Bay, Wisconsin to New York City. 
I just feel like that's a lot. It's going to be a show. And it's going to be a show. And I don't know if like, like the media would just be way too much. And um, I don't know. I just kind of feel like he treats younger players kind of, kind of poorly. So um, Jets are a young team. At the end of the day, you know, it's still Aaron Rodgers. It still gives the Jets uh, a, a reason to win. They've been bad for so long. I think even having one successful season and making the playoffs is worth it. Um, even if that means, you know, taking on Aaron Rodgers and, and all of his baggage. So um, just because they have such a talented team, I think. So at the end of the day, I, I, I still think it, it might be worth it. Because because what else what else can they do? Yeah, Tannehill. Like I'm <laughs> like I, like Tannehill, Garoppolo. I mean, it's well, it's not really many options. Yeah, right? it's kind of a no brainer. Not not point. not in on Lamar unless something changes. So yeah, if you're the Packers, I guess I got someone this. Would you take Zach Wilson in the trade? Uh, I don't see why you wouldn't. Well, would you uh, just or would you just say? I think I wouldn't because I would just want to say to Jordan Love, like you're the guy, like here. Like you're, we're not even going to bring in a competition. Yeah, but Jordan Love is kind of just like Zach Wilson to me. He sucks equally. Ooh, so no, I think he's better than that. I like. They, I think it's hard to be that bad. No, <laughs> yeah. I think, no, I think just bring in some competition. Zach said he's going to compete. He's going to make that guy's life hell. So, I'm like, I think it's just it. like you ask the Jets, like, do you want to keep Zach Wilson or do you want us to take him? And then whatever they say, you just do. Like, I don't think you really have a strong opinion. I can't think of somebody Aaron Rodgers would like less than Zach yeah, Wilson. That's true. I, I think they would be just the like oil and water on day one, those two guys going at it. So I would I would try to get rid of him if I was the Jets. I just don't know that I would take him if I was the Packers. And then that opens the door to where actually does he go, which I, whatever team talks themselves into that, God bless. But that's uh, just a topic for another day. I guess the only other things I would say, like – I. I agree because this is going to happen. I know Owen says he's dying for like the possibility. This is going to happen. And they're not going to get the, the Jets. The other win for them is they're not going to have to give up that much in the trade because it's like a Patrick Kane situation where yeah. it's like he's only going to go one place. So you have all the negotiating power. And I I like this. We've been talking this whole show basically about teams turning the page onto a rebuild. The Packers, this is like their last chance to do that, in my opinion. Like he's not going to have any value after this this makes a lot of sense for me to turn the page over and take your dead cap hit and whatever. And you have a pretty good coach and you'll still be relevant. And as much as I don't think it's going to work, I also see why the jets have to do it. So I just, yep. it's an inevitability at this point. And I think he, it's going to be a great show. And mm -hmm. I like that aspect of it that we get to talk about it all summer and whatever crazy things comes up. And he, I can already picture him in the Jersey. Like it's not yep. that hard to imagine. And I think it's going to be exciting. I can't I wait. Now the the Sauce Gardener Bryce Hall tweets like maybe Bryce Hall tweets maybe those could stop like I don't really need to see those like I don't need to see you guys twerking on Twitter to get Aaron Rodgers like he's coming relax but <laughs> it's all good they're young guys they're learning so uh, basketball things I did want to wind Alex up real quick because he's been hot on this Jokic uh, Kendrick Perkins <laughs> MVP uh, for those who are unaware which I'm sure most people are but Kendrick Perkins went up on Monday and he he had invented stats last week first of all about how Jokic was not top 10 in any categories when he won MVPs which which he was oh, in pretty much all three um, he said the only guys who were not winning or, or sorry the only MVP winners who weren't finishing top in categories were Dirk, Nash, and Jokic. Do the math. Basically just implying that the voters are racist and they'll give it to the white players. Um, 
<laughs> then JJ Reddick went up and just like cooked him on, on Monday. Just absolutely put him in a blender. First take had to go out, I think yesterday morning. Issue an apology. Issue an apology for Kendrick Perkins insinuating racism because I like they the voters are very validated. Um so I'm sure you have had, I know you had a lot of opinions because I heard them, but um. <laughs> I was on Twitter all day, liking, retweeting, sending, sending tweets to the group chat. Um, yeah, it was, um, it was weird. I think just cause like Kendrick goes out and he says, well, you know, JJ Reddick attacks him first and he's like, you're insinuating essentially that yeah. you know, you're saying that, that the voters are racist. Um, and then Kendrick starts saying, I did, I did not. not, I did not. And then within five seconds, he starts saying, because it's the fact, because it's the fact. Well, it's like, so which one is it? Did you say they're not racist or are they racist? So <laughs> Kendrick, Kendrick kind of got cooked on that one. And then after the show, he was just <laughs> he was just going at fucking George Carl the entire day on Twitter. Like they were just roasting each other. Like you should go go read the tweets. The thread is unbelievable. George Carl was like, "You don't know the first thing about basketball. I was coaching when you were in diapers." Like <laughs> it was funny. Um, and then I do a respect um, first take going out and issuing that apology because they did their research and actually like they're like, okay, well. Like, who, who are these voters? And like Phil said, not only are they validated, but it's a very diverse group of, of voters. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not even going to talk about Jokic. It's just like, it's just poor from, it doesn't have to be Jokic. It could have been Doncic or it could have been some other guy. Um, but I just think like making a, like a pretty big like accusation yeah. and statement like that without actually doing your own research and knowing like, okay, who are these voters? What are their backgrounds? You know? Um, and then just kind of, like you said, insinuating that they're racist and that they're voting Jokic because he's white. I got to be honest, like, Jokic is an Eastern Eastern European from Serbia. Like, wow, thank you for being honest. Like, like <laughs> I, I don't I don't really know that there's an agenda to push. Let's get Serbian Eastern European players, you know, because like I, I get it. He, he's white. We know that we, we can see that. But um, he's he's non-American. Eastern European, you know, like I, I don't see the appeal of like, okay, well, he's white. Let's, you know, let's make him, let's make him MVP. Um, so he, he's, he's a big Embiid fan, clearly Kendrick. Um, he has issues with Jokic, you know, winning three, three MVPs in a row. So um, yeah, but I, I don't really want to make this a Jokic thing. I'm just kind of like disappointed in, 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 in perk. I, I thought I, it was really disappointing. Honestly, I, I got to be honest. Yeah, uh, I, th- you know, I think you can look at what he said and be like, well, you know, he maybe he's just like pointing something out that he found interesting. But then you realize he cut it off at, I think, 1990 and like three years preceding that. Or I think two or the two or three years preceding that Magic Johnson won MVP, not being top 10 in scoring. So clearly it was like a strategic cutoff point. Mm-hmm. So as not to include this, this, you know, black player who fulfilled the same criteria yeah. um, in order for him to be able to push this narrative, which I think is pretty dishonest. And then I thought it was funny uh, <laughs> in his interaction with JJ Redick, because JJ Redick starts to, you know, talk about what he was saying. And then uh, Perk goes, I did not, I did not, I did not. And then like, you know uh, jj reddit keeps talking keeps talking and then he's like goes from denial just to like full like just yeah. like acceptance like and he yeah. goes, that's the facts that's the facts that's the facts 
So I I, I respect his like mid mid uh, mid play just switch on the fly to, <laughs> from denial to just acceptance. It was an ultimate oh. like poking the bear. He was like, all right, <laughs> yeah. like let's see if I can get him to bite, and he fell right into the trap. He was like, right. I did not, I did not. Oh yeah, it's the facts. <laughs> Meanwhile, Stephen A's face is just like he's like, oh my god, like we, the show might have to be canceled after this. He's like, time out, time out, like everybody. You gotta- chill. <laughs> You gotta watch the clip where like Perkins actually drops the take too on first take because it's him on one panel and then it's just Stephen A on the other side and his Stephen A's faces are so funny like he's like shocked. <laughs> I was disappointed in Perk too because the day before Perk and this one flew way under the radar. He just had an all timer of a clip where like his headset broke on first take. I don't know if you saw this, but he was talking about the Knicks for like 40 seconds. And then Molly's like, we got to go to break. Like, and he just keeps going about the Knicks and how good the Knicks are. And then Stephen A's in the back, like Kendrick Perkins cannot hear Molly right now. And then Molly's just like, can we go to break? Like, and the whole time he just keeps talking. He's like Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle in the pick and roll. And then they just roll like the the B-roll clips going into break. And the whole time it's just narrated by, if they get to home court and MSG for round one against the Cavs. It was an all-timer. So to have that like drowned out by him just going on a tough rant was a tough scene. I will say, I don't know if this is like, this could be wrong of me to say. Not in like a bad way. Don't, like I'm not about to get canceled. But I don't think the MVP vote ever really gets it wrong. Like I think the people who are like, oh, over time, like how did Kobe only win one? Like, I feel like the MVP votes are usually always pretty correct. Like, what in the last couple of years would you have changed from an MVP perspective? Like, yeah. sure, it would have been nice to give Embiid one these last couple of years. Yeah. But if you're just picking at it as one season, it's jokage over and over again. And this is better than the other two MVPs. So how can he not get it? I, I 100% agree with you. I don't know. It's so weird when people go back and literally say the Kobe thing because it's like, it was that one year, but you also have to take into account how many guys he was competing with. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. If he was in another year, he might have won more MVPs. Or Shaq would have won more MVPs. Or LeBron, yeah. It's one year. It's not like some longevity thing. We're not saying like, okay, this like this guy's the greatest of all time. It's, like, it's, it's one year for that season. Who was the best? And and I, I 100% want Embiid to win one. Sure, I'm, I'm cheering for Jokic you know, to, to win another one this year. It'd be awesome. But like you said, like at the end of the day, he's the best player. Jokic also in his entire career has never had an all defensive first team player, has never had an uh, all star player on his team. And I think there was another or or another player that has been in top 10 like points per game. Like Jokic, like you can say Jamal Murray's good, not an all defensive player, not an all star player. Jokic has never had really any elite sort of company. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, Joel's had Jimmy Butler, Joel's had. uh, James Harden now so like uh, once again like I respect Joel everything he's doing I think it's unbelievable I think the guy deserves to win an MVP but um, I also kind of think the Americans are getting salty about all these European players just coming in and dominating well, because an American yeah. guy hasn't won in the last five years I think since Steph, Giannis, right? or since Steph. Sorry. Wow. Giannis won two Jokic is gonna win three that's five years and you got Bill Simmons crying on his that um, was on his yeah. podcast how well you know like the u.s like it's it's a disaster we don't really have any good players like tatum might be our best player it's like 
Bro, really? Yeah, like really? you've had the last 70 years. You've man. had the last you, 70 years, and now we're gonna like try and like be salty on Giannis and Jokic. I, I think it's ridiculous. Well, he was weeping on there about how the best player we had might be John Moran, and look at what's going oh, on yeah, with him. Yeah. It's like, dude, who cares? Like, it, it doesn't impact my life in any way if an American's the best player in the NBA or not. And yeah, exactly. I just don't get where this anti, like, non-american thing is coming from because it's it, it just doesn't make any sense to me these people should be happy that the game is being grown in other areas well, and who it, cares the americans still have tons of good <laughs> americans are 95 percent of the nba God. it's so yeah. ironic though because you hear all these like leagues talking about like we want to expand we want to expand but it's like we only want to expand if it's like we're still on top yeah. sort of thing you can have a seventh man you on can the have kings. A, exactly yeah. you guys can win sixth man of the year <laughs> but leave the MVPs to us. It's like I think it's like I think it's awesome that that Giannis came in, won two MVPs. You got Jokic. I think Doncic is guaranteed to win at least one in his career too. Like I, I just think it's great. It, you know, if Wembanyama is really the next guy too, he's gonna win some. Like yeah. I just think it's good for the game to have all these sort of international players, you know, winning. Yeah, and I mean, you look at jersey sales. I think two of the top four. It's I think it's Curry, LeBron. Giannis and Doncic so half of them are European so clearly it's not an issue of like the European players not being popular exactly because clearly they are um and I mean when Serbia beats the United States in like a gold medal game at the Olympics then then you can cry yeah yeah um or when Greece kind of makes you know goes on a crazy (laughs) run and and beats the United States by like 30 Yeah. Yeah. yeah then you can cry but until then it's just it's ridiculous like like, you no know, basketball, basketball. Yeah, you're you've had it's just it's silly. And then um to the point on MVPs, like you were saying Kobe didn't win enough. I think you could make that case about anybody. Like you could make the case LeBron should have yeah. more MVPs. You could make the case that Giannis should have more MVPs when it's all said and done. And I think that's just the reality is like when you have a really good player that's the best first period of time, it makes sense in your mind that they should have one more MVPs because they're as they were as good as they were for as long as they were. But the reality is the MVP is not an award for the best player in the NBA. It's the player who has the best season overall. Exactly. Um, And so that's why you have like Russell Westbrook winning in 2017 when he, I mean, he had a great season obviously, but I don't think anybody would argue he was the best player in the NBA that season. Um, So I don't know. That's just the nature of the award. I think people just need to recognize that because arguing about, MVPs, it's ridiculous because at the end of the day, yeah, there's maybe some discrepancy. Like I would have had Kobe versus Steve Nash or whatever, but at the end of the day, it's you know, it's very close. It's not that subjective. It's a really, really good point Owen just made. Like it's not yeah. we're not arguing like who's the GOAT right now or or any of that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. It's also a finite ward. There's yeah. only one. This isn't an NBA yeah. championship where you can get four or five guys on the same team get a ring. You know yeah. what I mean? Like LeBron and Wade get a ring or Kobe and Shaq could get a ring. It's yeah. it's 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 a it's one award. Like only one guy can win it. You and, can't share the award. And further to that point, it would be harder to win it if you were LeBron or LeBron and Wade together because you both are not like you're I don't know how to say this properly, but your value is less because you have another guy exactly. who's just as good as you maybe on your team. Exactly. Whereas you're better to win a championship, but the MVP odds will go down. The MVP favors a guy who does it with less like James 
Harden did in Houston for a yeah. bunch of years, like Westbrook did on the Thunder for a bunch of years, like Jokic did last year. Yeah. That's the exactly. nature of the award. And there should be the NBA for all these expansion, Jerry West, Clutch Player of the Year, whatever BS they want to throw uh-huh. in. Just add a Best Player Award so you can just vote that at the end of the year. And then that's like the one that you can point to. Like Giannis well, is the best player in the NBA. People vote for him to win that award or whoever they want to vote for. Well, you know who does it? I, I mean, not the best, but who has some sort of way of measuring this is the NFL with the top 100. Because God, the top 100, no, I mean, no, no, I, no. I know it's not like a serious award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you'll have you'll have Aaron Donald or Patrick Mahomes there. I, I would have to go back and check. But I mean, they're there, you know, most years, mm-hmm. uh, even though Aaron Donald has zero MVPs and now Patrick Mahomes only has two. So I think that's Aaron. And Tom Brady was up there for a long time when even when he wasn't winning MVPs. So I think it, it's just the way you frame the question. Wrong. Yeah, that changes the answer. And then my like last thing, I mean, we can keep talking about this, but last thing for me is um just quickly, like super disrespectful to like um his comments to Nash and Dirk. I mean, those are some of the greatest oh, yeah. players that have ever played the game. And to just like, like, I don't know, he's it's almost like you're trying to lessen their MVP. It's like you yeah. won the MVP because you were white. It's like, that's ridiculous. Like. It's tough. Yeah. I like Big Perky, dude. I want to like Big Perky. <laughs> but this week, his stock, it, it was so at an all-time bad. high after the Knicks clip and an all-time low after this rant. So yeah. it's tough. I hate to see it. I'm still going to follow him on Twitter. Hopefully, can he can I, redeem himself. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. What do you think is the worst MVP that you've seen? You know, I actually, I'm not going to answer one? that right away. Okay. But I have a problem with everybody saying it was Westbrook in 17, that it should have been Harden. No, because yeah, that... nobody said that at the time. But all the revisionists out there, like Ryan Russillo, want to come out and act tough because, oh, Westbrook's career didn't age that well. He was the most valuable player that year. Yeah. And I heard a guy say this. I think it was Chuck Klosterman said this. He was most valuable not only because he was playing so well, but because you were waking up wherever you were to check what he did. That's value to the game. That's what yeah. it was. He was doing triple-double every second game so i that one always bugs me when people answer that so that's just what i'll say and i mean at that time too he was averaging a triple double like just averaging a triple double that's insane and like i don't even remember that okc team they had like victor oladipo cole aldridge like (laughs) those guys were babies bro and he was single-handedly winning every single game and like brought them into the playoffs all by himself so i agree Mm -hmm. i uh what do you guys think about derrick rose in 2011 well i think it should have been howard right that that's like the, Dwight. Yeah, I think that's what people say. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's I, I can't. That was really. right before the cutoff line of me like following seasons. I would say so. It's hard for me yeah. to give an answer on that one. Yeah. I me would too. say I thought though that Harden definitely had the case to win more than one. I remember thinking that at the time. Yeah. I also did think, now having said this, Westbrook, I, he was the MVP, but Kawhi could have had a great case that year as well. I, I will say that because I was really following the Spurs that year. He was fantastic. So I, like I said, I never really feel like they get it wrong because I feel like every year, like there is a guy who is clearly most valuable. I usually feel like they get it. But when I, it's I wrong, agree. people usually speak out about it at the time. And I think there was people at the time who said Howard over Rose in eleven. But I think with every year, you could always, always make a case that it, you could say, okay, it could have been this guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Like for the last like two years, you can make a case it could have been Embiid or something mm-hmm. or Giannis. It's always, also think, it's always close. And maybe this is just my thought, 
maybe it's not actually what's happening, but it seems to me that voters are a lot more maybe than they were in the past. They're a lot more in tune to like advanced statistics and things like that. So they have a really good handle, even better, oh, definitely better than me, but better than, you know, the average casual fan in general and like who the most valuable player really is. Yeah. yeah you know, exactly. it's not like just like this guy averaged this many points, which is more than this guy. So he should be the MVP. I think you know, these voters take it pretty seriously and we have a lot of advanced statistics. So I think they do a really, really good job. Yeah. And the only other thing I want to say in this, and we can move on right after this is to me, everybody who's like Embiid should have won the last couple of years. Like I just said with Harden, there are years that Harden could have had it a bunch of years. Yeah. That's not uncommon. That That's actually pretty frequent. The guys will be really close, but sometimes they come in second. That's just how it is. Embiid should yeah, get one. He will get one eventually. That's yeah. my opinion because the agree. narrative will help him in that case. Mm-hmm. Uh, only other basketball things, a couple quick ones. Kevin Durant rolling his ankle in the warm-ups. I, the, the, was... the video. <laughs> oh, my God. Wild video. Wow. Unbelievable stuff. I, didn't, I mean. Like he fell out of an airplane. It was. <laughs> <laughs> he did finish doing shoot around after he fell. So nice. I don't aggravated it to the point where he's yeah. out for the regular season. Well, <laughs> we'll see what happens. If it's a long-term injury, that just the Suns are going to be a cursed, cursed team, but I think he's going to be okay. It's just kind of a wild video. And I did love Stephen <laughs> A. Smith saying, why wasn't he wearing high top sneakers? Why doesn't he? It's always bothered me that he doesn't wear high top sneakers. Like a little bit of padding up there is gonna is gonna fix everything for Kevin Durant's career. Oh my god, that's such a boober take. That's like I remember when I was started like actually getting into basketball and bike shoes and stuff. My mom would she's like, you need to get the you need to get like the high tops for your ankles. Stephen A, I own some KDs, bro. They they're never not high. They're never not above my ankle. I don't yeah. know what to tell you, Stephen A. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, I saw that. Um, and then someone posted a video of um, you know that classic video of that like guy dressed up in the Joker outfit where he's like flipping <laughs> in the concrete. It's like Kevin Durant when he slipped. I was like, that that was pretty funny. I love so, verbal uh, meme, Alex. Yes. Dude. That's I mean, good. if they can just get him back for the playoffs, I think they're chilling. This is what I said when they made the trade. The guy, the guy's not durable. He, he somehow has this reputation that he's durable. He's, he's not durable. Yeah, no, not at all. Exactly. He, he, his body does not loan to him being uh, durable. Yeah. So I would say that much. Zion, it doesn't seem like he's going to be back this season. Yeah. Windhorse said there's no timetable. He averaged, he's averaged <coughs> playing 28 games a season in his first four oh. years. I I said this when he came out of the draft. We didn't have a show at that time. The guy was the biggest ticket item I've ever seen in college sports. He made me single-handedly watch Duke games for a year. He is a fascinating player when he plays. He's a dominating player. I don't think you're ever going to see a version of him where he's healthy. No. And it sucks because I thought he was going to be a can't miss, nailed on. I, I bet this is how people felt about Greg Oden because this. Well, that's th- th- what I was going to compare him to. Uh, yeah. And it sucks because this is a guy who I thought would have been an all timer had he just been able to stay healthy. Just off that one season of college, he was indestructible, really. To see where he's at right now, I just. It's sad. It makes it bums me out. He should he should have had a better career than this, and I don't think it's going to get any better because I don't know like who's trading three first round picks to get this guy. He's just not on the court ever. I I agree with you. I was like I just started thinking of Greg Oden at this point because I mean I wasn't really like following basketball at that point, but like the way people spoke about Greg Oden, I'm assuming it was somewhat somewhat similar to to what's how we think of Zion right now. So. I don't know. He's he's probably he's. I think he's our age, so he's like twenty two, twenty three years old, um, and I don't see how it can get better. I mean, he's still relatively young, but um, I think even if he does, you know, everyone's like he can lose more weight and change. Like, 
I don't think he can actually. Yeah, I don't I think even if you. you even if you do see a slimmer Zion, I just think his body is just built a certain way where it, it, yeah. it can't withstand, you know, the 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 just just the, pounding. the natural yeah. pounding of, of of NBA basketball. Um, to the point, like even in Duke, it was insane. The guy was like busting through his shoe. Yeah, with how much force he had, and it's like, sure you're strong, but like, can your knees? Can your yeah. knees take it? I don't really know if you can make. Or can it. your feet? Can't take really. It. Yeah. Can't really make your ligaments and your bones and and all that like that much stronger, um, unless he does some like I, I don't know. Even if he does do like a three sixty, I, I don't know how he can improve his his durability on the court. So it does suck because I wasn't really a big Zion fan. Phil knows this. I, I was kind of hating on the guy, um, <laughs> but I I after like seeing him in the NBA, I, I kind of grew to appreciate his game just because. It's it's unbelievable, like what 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 he was able to do. Um, kind of sucks. Like I'm I'm going to the Warriors game at the end of the month, and I was hoping I could I could catch some Zion, but looks like looks like he's he's out for the regular season. So that's that kind of sucks too. So. I love Globetrotter Alex. <laughs> I'm going to the Warrior game at the end of the month. That was a raw drop. <laughs> um, so it does, I I would have loved to see him live, but um, just because just because it's so rare to see Zion play. Mm-hmm. It's so rare to see him on TV, let alone live. So um, it does suck. Like his game is so f- based on his physicality and his explosiveness and his speed. He's not the type of player that can be like, okay, let me take a step back and like, I'll shoot a bunch or something yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, and I agree with you too. I think people like don't really understand this, but I don't think his body type is built to like lose like 80 pounds. Like, yeah. I don't think, I just don't think that's in the cards for him. Um, so I think as sad as it is to say, he's going to end up being like, uh, like a Bo Jackson or like a Derek Rose where it's like, you know, he's had all this physical talent and his body just failed him. Um, so we're just left with like, what could have been. Yeah. And it kind of sucks, but I think that's just what it's going to end up being. Unfortunately, it really, it really bums me out and I'll never forget those Duke games. He was, I mean, it's, uh, I just don't think we'll ever see him at that point again where he was durable. It does make me wonder, though. This is a bit of a weird drop, but I I read an interview with Connor Bedard's mom yesterday, nice. randomly. <laughs> she says, Connor Bedard, for those who don't know, is like basically next Connor McDavid, basically, in hockey, plays in the WHL. This guy apparently, is, his mom says, she's never fed him fast food. He's never had McDonald's. He's never had anything. She says he's Whoa. never had fast food in his life. That makes me oh, wonder, shot. like, but but, the, but there's people like you know, like Brady would famous, like famously doesn't yeah. do that, you know. Like I wonder how much of that is is to this, and he's the guy who's famously had problems with keeping his weight down. And I don't know if that's his body type or if that's something like this. Like I'm just totally speculating. Or are you like, are you? Oh, you're saying like strictly just diet? Like I don't know. Like that's what I'm. Uh, it's I, a I mystery think, to me. I think diet has a huge, huge part to play in 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 a lot of those things. I think like the reason Brady like. Brady changing his diet was obviously because Brady was kind of like like you look at those first Super Bowl years like his like cheeks he like he had a rounder yeah. face yeah. like well, he he also had plastic surgery because yeah, he started that, that too Bowl, that yeah. too but um I think like he made that switch in later in his career and it, it paid <laughs> dividends for him um I know like I'm a big Novak guy I've followed his career his entire life he took out 
gluten. I think he only eats non-dairy, like no refined sugars, nothing. He basically eats like grass. Yeah. Um, and, and it's helped him. He's like 34, 35. He's still playing at a pretty high level. Um, just cause I know even like the gluten that he was consuming at a young age would, would cause issues with his breathing and, and inflammation and all that stuff. So it, it would be interesting to see, but like at the same time, if he hasn't figured that out now, what like what would yeah. what would change it? It's like, dude, you've missed four years. I, I, you know, if it was me, I'd I'd want to see him be more dedicated to that. Why haven't you gotten on that after your first first year of injuries? And at this why point, are you in year four waiting to change your diet now? The damage is probably done at this point. Yeah, like I don't know that your knee or your foot just repairs. Like yeah. like I don't know after the stress he's been under. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And also, again, like, yeah, diet pay, plays a big part in it. Um, but I just think his body is just it's built very different from yeah, every other athlete. I, and also, I wanted to say, Brady at that UFC fight looked like a Barbie doll. Oh, my God. That was, that was yeah. disturbing to see. That was disturbing. Yeah. It's... I mean, it's he that's another even, form of sad. He can't even smile anymore. <laughs> yeah, he literally can't <laughs> yeah. even smile anymore. It's so like, up. Mike Evans had like a beautiful, nice smile. Brady tried to smile. It didn't get pa- like <laughs> his face was going nine <laughs> directions. I know yeah. it was so bad. Yeah, uh, that's a, again another type of sad. I don't even know what to say about that. It just bums me out. I don't even like thinking about it or looking at it. Like just like I, it's just sad it's really like that's the only word i can use to describe it it's sad last thing in the nba i queued up the audio because i wanted to play him out we got draymond green talking about dylan brooks and fred van vliet talking about the ref last night which the fred van vliet one i guess we could start with that because it was an all-timer so let me just cue this up i mean i don't mind i'll take a fine i don't really care i thought you know um ben taylor was fucking terrible tonight um i thought that on most nights you know couple other you know out of the three there's one or two that just fuck the game up you come out tonight you're competing pretty hard the third quarter i get a bullshit tech changes the whole dynamic of the game changes the whole flow of the game and um you know most of the refs are trying hard i like a lot of the refs are trying hard they're pretty fair they communicate well and then you got the other ones who just want to be dicks and um just kind of fucks the game up nobody's coming to see that shit they come to see the players if you're gonna get a fine you go out like that. That's the way to do it. That's the way you just accept it off the top, and then you just drop as many cusses as you can. So respect to Freddie V. I don't really, you know, it is, it is, I saw the stats that, like, what, he's got six Texas here, and four of them come from mm-hmm. the one guy. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's something to that. But that's the way you got to do it if you're going to go out. Just go out like that. I mean, you can't help but think it's, like, personal at that point. Like, four texts from the same ref, it's like, um, and then I agree, It's it's like, the refs have to i'm sure they understand but at the same time like you, you got to realize like what okay how, how is your tech like affecting the game and i i agree with fred like some of these tech sometimes like are are, are small I, I who was the player that it was oh, jordan, jordan pool yeah just toss the ball to the ref and he gave him a tech and it's like you got to understand it can change the flow of the game completely you could be on like an 8-0 run you get a tech everyone's upset shoots free throws and the team gets the ball it changed the whole dynamic of the game i totally agree with fred um and then and then i liked his comment as well where he said the refs have to like maybe start letting some stuff slide because people are coming to watch the players not the refs ref a game yeah i agree so 
Adam did, just did, I'll throw this question to Owen. Adam did propose an idea change to this to me of NBA should incorporate a yellow and red card system. Oh. That was Adam's <laughs> take. So where are you at on that one, Owen? Um, so would they still shoot like a technical free throw for he, a yellow card? I don't think he knows the intricacies. He just said there should be yellow and red cards. Um, I would say it kind of is similar to that. I mean, already. I agree. First yeah. tech, second tech, like <laughs> yeah. it's almost the same thing. I would say <laughs> like, yeah, I think you should be more selective because if like you're ejecting Scotty, I guess it was at the end of the game when Scotty got ejected, but if you're ejecting like, for example, like Jordan Poole in the middle of a game, all these people that paid hundreds of dollars to come see Jordan Poole play basketball, yeah. it's like, it's just... You know, it's it's just <laughs> stupid. You're ruining it for the fans. So well, the other thing is like you you buy tickets. You think Jordan Poole's a part of the game, right? But you're mainly buying tickets to see Steph Curry or whoever, yeah. right? You like the, what the ref fails to account is how that like how mm-hmm. stupid of a tech that is impacts also Steph Curry and the other guys on mm-hmm. the Warriors. Like it's mm-hmm. like oh he got this dumb tech that puts me like uh, like down in a bad mood. Like everything can change if you throw out a stupid one like that Barnes one or like the pool one. I agree, a hundred percent. So, yeah, kind of an ugly one. And then Draymond Green, lastly, I queued this one. I was talking about Dylan oh, Brooks so on his podcast. I really, I mean, Draymond Green. I loved it. I'll play it and then we so can talk good. about it. Why the Memphis Grizzlies is not ready to compete for a championship? Look no further than this idiot right here. They're actually depending on this guy to help them win a championship. And he says his game is cool. Quite frankly, that just shows how little you know about basketball. And yet, y'all, you running around talking about a dynasty? The dynasty starts after you. Not with you. No, I mean, Draymond, Draymond Green, he, he's kind of like embraced like this weird, like he thinks he's like uh Shakespeare angle yes. because he said, frankly, seven times in his video. Yeah. Frankly, quite frankly, I invented the defense. Oh. It was like, you can, like, let's get the uh, Draymond Green book of basketball. <laughs> it was like pretty poetic too, because at the end of the clip, he goes like, like he's like, all right, like, thanks champ. And he's like, Ah, you're not a champ. And then just drops the mic. It was sick. <laughs> he it wrote was that so one. good. I yeah. know that that clip alone was worth whatever godforsaken number Colin's paying him to do that podcast because I know that that number's gotta be wild. But it's worth it alone to get a moment like that. That is just No, that was awesome because I think I think for for me, I think the player I like the least in the NBA is Dylan Brooks for sure. Like for sure. So and Draymond's kinda entering like the um like almost like the Aaron Rodgers like like I don't territory care. for yeah. me, like the I don't care, and I'm like I res- I'm respecting his I don't care. Yeah. Um. He he like I he still views himself as like a top twenty NBA player, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> and then I love how he has time for like podcasts and stuff, and and then and then not only that, but the crazy thing he did in uh, OKC the other day, where like Jordan Poole didn't want to pass him the ball or something, and he, he just, just gave up on away. the play and he walked, like just walked away, and then Clay passed him the ball, but it was too late because he already turned his back to the play, and then. OKC like transition offense like goes the other way and I'm like okay like is Draymond gonna run back into the play because OKC kept missing like they kept like couldn't get the ball in at all and Draymond was just nowhere to be seen so I just respect his level of I don't care they were playing five on four for like a minute I really I, I, 
He probably had a podcast to get record. Yeah. After he probably went right to the locker room and just got the mic and was like, "Yo, Jordan Poole is a scumbag, dude. Like, I can't take this guy anymore." To to have the the heel turn he's had, where he when he was on the uh, like the championship teams, I hated him. I was like, "Oh, he is so dislikable." He was always screaming, and I remember that one game against the Rockets. He was awful, and they had he hit a three. It was like his sixth point of the game in the fourth quarter, and he turned around and like literally like lion yelled. Yeah. like the crowd and oh, it was so like this sick. guy's got no awareness yeah. but now he's turned a corner where he's like kind of bad but he doesn't like know it and exactly. he like but in his mind he's like four-time champion like defense you could tell in that <laughs> clip when he said oh you definitely be talking if you won defensive player of the year it's like i don't know that oh, he would so <laughs> but you won it and you like to talk about it so yes that's why it relates to you <laughs> that clip was so good i love draymond green i i I've loved him for a long time. And then I know, I think I said on the show after he punched Jordan Poole that I was out. Um, but sometime Fair. between then and now I'm, I'm back in because I've, I've loved him. <laughs> yeah. I think he's like, he to me is like, there's like kids that are really good at basketball. Like a lot of them uh, like try to be like Steph Curry, like if they're really good shooters, but then there's like players that are like less talented who aren't like the really great shooters or like really good at like any one particular thing. And they're just like, yeah, I'm going to fit the Draymond Green mold. So I respect that. He's kind of built this like kind of path for like players that aren't like good at basketball to feel like they're good. So I like that about him. I went to, if if we're doing Globetrotter zone, I went to a warrior game this year against the Cavs and he had two points and I think 14 or 14 assists. I mean, it was like, it's a great stat line. Like he's just that type of guy. Like he just has a different way of playing. And I do think he's like, like, I think he has elite IQ. I do think that. But at the same time, he just has no game whatsoever. I, I do agree with that because, like, remember that one play where he had where people were like, how did he pass the ball to Clay? Oh, remember yeah, it was like, yeah. It was like he the does, illusion. It was like an illusion. And oh, he's, yeah. he is a good passer. <laughs> For a minute, no, no one's better than Draymond <laughs> Green on the floor. But, like, it is it does suck because sometimes, like, wow, Draymond, like, he knows what he's doing right now on the court. Like he's 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 generaling the court right now. He's, he's yeah. And, and, but and then and then he'll take a dumb tech. He'll do something stupid <laughs> yeah. like punch Jordan Poole. He'll <laughs> turn his back on the plan. It's like, dude, come on. Like yeah. I was just starting to believe like how smart you are and stuff. I still believe he's pretty smart. But then sometimes you're just like, Draymond, like yeah. what are you doing? Or like, and I agree with those Warrior days when he was like kind of the it was the big three, but it was not really. It was more like Clay and Curry, and then. KD. Um, KD and then Draymond was kind of like the fourth guy and like Kawhi back on the Spurs would be like giving him work Kawhi would have like I don't know 25 in like the, the first half but That's the other. You, and then Draymond would come and hit a three and like yell in Kawhi's face it's like dude you have four so points sick. what are you doing I love that that's another point or regular season James Harden I can't say playoff Harden but regular season James Harden would be giving work to the Warriors and then same thing would happen it would be like okay like, yeah. get out of here well, I Yell like in Harden's face. Like, come I, on. I think it's also like a bit of his, a bit of a his own corner situation. Like Dylan Brooks is trying to like be guard Draymond Green, and he's like, "All right, dude, like you're just like only I can do that. Exactly, like, you're just ass." Which I respect. Kind of must be not gonna lie. As much as like Dylan Brooks can say he doesn't care about Draymond talking about him this way, it must still kind of suck. Like Draymond's still kind of like uh yeah. 
like a pretty big vet in this league and then to have someone talk about you like that has got to be pretty hurt. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine. And it's going to come true one day when they dump him inevitably because yeah. oh, yeah. he's not worth anything, which yeah. it sucks because he's Canadian. I would like him to have success yeah. or be likable, but he's just not. So I have to rebuke. But yeah, I give today a 10. 10. Yeah. Great Ten. idea. I'm glad to be back in the pot of, and the, in the studio is nice. Yeah. The studio feels nice. I'm yeah. looking forward to the summer runs and we can get Owen back in the studio yeah. and we can. Oh, just me start. too. It, it's going to be goaded to get everybody back for in sure. here again. That's going to feel nice, but we're good to go with Ethan for Sunday. Owen. Uh, I actually haven't reached out, but I'll, I'll confirm that <laughs> we should be good. Okay, good, good. I'll send we'll him be a good. We'll be good. Too. I'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure if we have to tape it with him. If we have to tape the movie stuff separate and then do sure. tape with him later, that's fine too. Whatever works. We just got to get a, mar- a little March Madness mm-hmm. talk in there, which will be good. So yeah, we'll be back on uh, Monday reviewing that movie, which name I don't remember, but it's in the it's in the description. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Sunshine of mind. the Spotless Mind. Yeah. I always think it's like Eternal, like Moonlight Forever <laughs> Daily or something. Like I don't know what I, I always like. I've tried to text it out seven times and I failed every time. <laughs> Um, it definitely starts with Eternal. That that I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's got Jim Carrey and David Cross, so I'll be watching that tonight. Yeah. We'll be back Dude. Monday. So have a good weekend, everybody.